Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys podcast. My name is Chase. I am here with my good friend Jacob. How are you doing today, buddy? It's a great day. Evening now. We're recording this at about 10 o'clock local time. Jeez. It's Father's Day. I had a good day. How about you? I had a good day as well. Celebrated some dads, you know, uh, as you do on Father's Day. The one day a year where you actually acknowledge dads and <laughs> celebrate them. <laughs> I saw I saw a funny meme where it was like, in other Father's Day this year, husband fires up the grill and cooks for nine and a half hours straight and cleans up all the dishes for his family my so my girlfriend made a good point though at least like in my family and her family like what we've realized is like on mother's day always just like get like my mom like flowers and like i'll get her mom flowers and that's kind of it and then father's day comes around and it's like gonna get him like a speaker like some grilling equipment like get him like actual gifts and then like for mother's day it's like just give him flowers it's like the easy like opt-out kind of gift how does how does your girlfriend like flowers like ever so often are you i i am a i'm a flower giver I, i you know the saturday market go down there get some flowers you know 15 dollar bouquet Throw them in a, a vase. Voss. A Voss. I'm just going <laughs> to... See, this is why people tune in to the MLS <laughs> Netboy Show. Not only is it about the football... Except our one <laughs> our one review is how we get into the action quickly. <laughs> now we're here you talking know, about if I like to buy flowers or not. <laughs> Speaking of Father's Day, we'll have an interesting little Father's Day-themed MLS quiz. Quickly, though, who is the father of Major League Soccer? Like... Who the, is the true daddy? The yes. true daddy of soccer, Donnie Garber. <laughs> That's my daddy of Major League Soccer. I'm proud to say I walked about 20 feet away from him at the MLS All-Star Game in 2015 in Colorado at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. That was not in 2015, sir. You want to bet? <clears throat> Oh, you're right. <laughs> I was thinking of the one in Portland, but that was 2013. I got that mixed up with MLS Cup. Yeah, I went to... I think we, we both went to the Portland one, right? Yeah, that was 2013. That was a... That was a that was a good all-star game. And then I went... Yeah, so that was the one against Bayern Munich where MLS All-Stars beat them 2-1. And then the next year was in Colorado. MLS All-Stars beat Tottenham 2-1, which is a funny downgrade. Bayern Munich to Tottenham. <laughs> And I was like, dang, this is cool. Maybe I'll go to some like ML- more MLS All-Star games like every year. Haven't been to one since. It's been eight years. <laughs> yeah, they're a fun event, but they're not one I would go out of my way to travel to, you know, unless it's like a really exciting game. But when I went to the one in Portland, that was pretty sweet. I, that was the only time I've ever sat like front row. Yes, I was front row and at the halfway line on like the Key Bank side of the Timber Stadium, which was pretty sweet. I got to, like, be 10 feet from, like, Bastian Schweinsteiger and all those guys right after they won the World Cup. Chicago Fire legend. <laughs> Another sh- – you know, we'll get, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. <laughs> Before we rant too long here, great week at MLS. It was a bit of a shortened uh, fixture list due to international play. Um, Nations League and CONCACAF was happening. So, Panama and Canada played – 
and then U.S. and Mexico played in the semis. Both Canada and USA go through. And then just today, USA beat Canada in the final 2-0, and then Mexico beat Panama 1-0 in the Nations League final. Kind of and, fitting that the uh, the father of soccer in this region won the, the Nations League. <laughs> yeah, we're biased. Won the Nations League on Father's Day. We're biased because we're U.S. fans, but I think there's no question to ask who's the top dog in CONCACAF now. I should distinguish, too, U.S. and Canada was the final and U.S. won, and then Mexico and Panama was the third place game. So Mexico makes it to the podium, but... <laughs> yeah, that was... I mean, I watched, like, the last part of the Canada game, and it just seemed like a dominant performance all around, but it was it's really interesting seeing all the fan reactions, especially after the Mexico-U.S. like game. It was really, really interesting seeing a lot of, like, Mexican fans just so upset with their, like, federation. Like, the players seemingly like giving up on their coach like wanting their coach out um a lot of guys saying they're not going to return to the national team it's just they're in shambles right now complete meltdown from the fans the players like i mean if you watch the game like towards a certain point like i mean it was just garbage and beer being chucked at people on the field hitting their own players and like it got to a point even where like some of the mexico players were telling the fan or telling the fans to like stop and then the game pretty much ended up being abandoned because of the chants that were not supposed to be happening that mexico fans were doing nuts game u.s comes through in the end yeah yeah absolutely nuts i will say i think mexico's uh their fans are taking a a page out of columbus crew's book and the you know from the 2015 (laughs) from the 2015 mls cup when they were throwing Throwing all their bottles down on Rodney Wallace and, and Darlington Nagby. What a pull right there. Enough rambling on about stuff other than MLS. <laughs> right after we get our review talking about what you said, we get right into the action. We'll finally get into the action. <clears throat> uh, Wednesday, actually, we're going to mention it because it was a short week. LAFC hosted Houston. Houston won 1-0 at LAFC. Houston beats LAFC 4-0 last week. They play him three days later and beat him 1-0 at their house. I absolutely love this. And I'm not even a Houston fan. I'm kind of like a Houston doubter, if anything. But, <laughs> dude, doing the double on LAFC in the span of like a week is freaking awesome. And it's same thing as last time. Like, not a weak LAFC lineup by any means. Still have Carlos Vela in there, have Ilya Sanchez, Chiellini, Stipe Buke. They just, you know, a stacked lineup that most teams around the league would be really excited to have those four guys on their team. They, yeah. And they would they would see something they could build on. Whereas I feel like LAFC fans are so spoiled, they're like pissed off when they don't see like <laughs> just a star-studded lineup that's going to win every single game. Exactly. And I I was big on Houston's offseason confused about the ben olsen hiring um he's been if you look at his record at home houston is pretty awesome there's six wins one loss and one draw their only loss was against was a team where they kind of just imploded and were playing with nine men on the field um they're taking care of business at home but this was their first away win so they have one win six losses and two draws and Houston is in sixth place right now, and there's three teams ahead of them that have 
an extra game played. So if Houston can string some results together on the road, they can maybe sneak up even in that top half of the playoff line, which would be a really like amazing achievement for this Houston squad. Yeah, I don't think anybody really expected this. I don't even think Houston fans expected this <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Like hiring Ben Olsen as your head coach to, you know, try and inspire a Hector Herrera to like revive his legs for another year. Um, I don't think anybody expected this to happen, but good on him for actually getting some some output from this team. And uh, I think this past week has just kind of put like put their name on like everybody's like radar for the rest of the season. Like everybody's gonna look at them a little bit differently from now on. Yeah, you're gonna Houston's not not exactly an easy game anymore. Which <laughs> yeah, in the past <laughs> you look at Houston, it's like the worst part about going to Houston was literally going to Houston to play and just playing in that super hot stadium with like a low energy crowd. You know what that's making me think of right now is like that sports crew of like Shaq and uh, what's his name? The other guy, oh, he always uh, talks crap Charles about Barkley? women from Houston, right? San Antonio. San Antonio. <laughs> just, for whatever reason, it made me think of that. We're like, worst part about that is going to Houston. <laughs> that's because apparently the food is so good there and, so delicious but <laughs> next up moving on to saturday yeah a few games on the helm this week first was new york city fc hosting columbus crew and it's a 1-1 draw christian ramirez scores in the 48th for columbus new york city levels at late in the game with a stoppage time equalizer i don't know where zella rayon was man why didn't this guy just score from half field again what the heck <laughs> i want to say he was uh Playing for Armenia for his international duty. I think I think you're correct. Um, I mean, solid showing from Columbus still. I mean, even though they didn't pull out the win, but um, they've been another kind of like quietly solid team throughout this season. I've been impressed with. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you did you catch their their goal at all. It was like a really solid like kind of clean build up play, and then slotted across to Christian Ramirez just for like a simple goal. Yeah, ex- he's been. I think he's going to prove he's been, you know, he went out of the league, but he's proving he can be, you know, a solid, maybe not starter consistently, but a good piece to have in your team, a good rotational piece. Next up, DC United hosting Real Salt Lake and RSL coming with a 2-1 win away from home. Uh, Pablo Ruiz and Danny Mufsovsky score for RSL. Durkin gets on the board for DC and Burnbaum with a red card, but... Did you see the Pablo Ruiz goal? I'm going to be honest. I did not. Longest goal. It was. Yeah. I honestly, I forgot that was RSL. (laughs) Yeah, because they were wearing yellow, which is Columbus just did the exact same thing. But uh, Pablo Ruiz sees DC's goalkeeper off his line, Tyler Miller, and scores from 68 yards and top corner, too. Like, it was an impressive shot. And it was the longest goal in MLS history distance-wise, which is pretty nuts. That is pretty crazy. And that is, that's insane. Which, yeah, it was a nice shot. Anybody who hasn't seen it, definitely look it up. Uh, Pablo Ruiz goal for RSL. But the funny thing is, and all the MLS media was talking about this, just last week we were talking about this being you, Chase, but in the DC versus Atlanta game, Tyler Miller goes off of his line, and Atlanta striker Yakumakis just beats him to a ball and like slots it in from an angle. And then post game, DC United's head coach Wayne Rooney 
was talking about how it's kind of a gamble for Tyler Miller to go up that far and they believe in him and it like helps the way they play. But then he, his quote was one of these days, our keeper is going to get chipped literally the next week. He gets <laughs> scored on from 68 yards, the longest goal in MLS history. And then after the game, Pablo Ruiz, the guy who scored the goal, he said, yeah, I got to give credit to my coaching staff because they informed me like to look out for their goalkeeper to make sure he's like not creeping off his line. Dude, that's some quality quality scouting from RSL right there. <laughs> Man, that's that's like one of those little lines you get on FM that's like goalkeeper comes off line or something like in a pregame thing. That's that's pretty cool though that it was intentional because I feel like a lot of times you see that stuff happen and you just kind of leave it up to like the brilliance of the player to like notice that in the moment, but to know that there was a lot more behind it that like the team almost was encouraging that kind of behavior and like they know that he had the the ability to pull that off is really cool to see. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Next up, New England Revolution hosting Orlando City. New England with a 3-1 win. This is one of our matches we were looking at. Chase predicted a 2-1 New England win. I predicted a 1-1 draw. So Chase got the result right. 3-1 for New England. So close to getting the true score but Carlos Heel has to come in and just slot it <laughs> slot a you know a consolation or not a consolation but you know like a little safety goal at the end of the game to put him up 3-1 Gustavo Boo looking looking good getting another goal Emmanuel Boateng getting another goal he's been on a good run of form since we gave him that award like <laughs> The chaotic winger in the box award. Remember that man? Man has been uh, listening to the podcast. He, you know, he didn't like the comparison to Darren Maddox, and he's decided he's <laughs> going to start having some output. Yeah, New England goes up to third place in the East. Orlando with that bumps down to seventh place. Um, Duncan McGuire, bright spot for Orlando, fifth goal of the year as a rookie striker. Yeah, that's a crazy pickup for them. That's somebody that honestly wasn't even really on my radar. Like going into the season, even though they picked him up out of the draft, I just didn't think twice about it. Maybe that's just because I'm used to being a Timbers fan where you see these guys just get like sent into like the eternal pit that is T2 and then they just <laughs> never come out. <laughs> but a lot of times you see the draft and I almost like never think twice about any of the players that come out of the draft because so like often their like first five years of their career is just absolute nothing. And then they end up like being like, top 100 for like minutes played in the league or something on like the second half of their career yeah and it's interesting because especially the way the league's going you see a lot of people calling for the draft to be kind of um just taken away with because you know you don't really see that across world football but i think this shows like there is still some value in having the draft it is still a somewhat good pipe way you know, we're not reliant on it anymore, but there is still some valuable in there. If you had to restructure it, how would you do it? Um, See, I don't really even know how it works now because I know if there's an expansion year, then like one of those teams, because usually in MLS, well, I guess no, not anymore, but in the years where there was two expansion teams, pretty much a new club joining the league, uh, joining then they would have one team have the first pick and then the next team have the second and then whichever team didn't have the first would have the first at the expansion draft mm. um 
but now it's only been one team, so I think they just automatically get the number one pick. But in a non-expansion year, I don't really know how it works. Um, I don't know. I would like to see... I think in years past, they had more emphasis on, like, having combines and, like... And I remember there would be, like, real scouting networks and more publicity to the public. And you could, like, live stream and watch the games. Of those drafts, you can kind of familiarize the league and the team and then the fans with who is in the draft. Because, honestly... When it happens now, I have no idea who's in the draft if you're not a fan of college soccer. Yeah, I, I honestly don't keep up with it at all. One thing I really like that they do is they do, like, uh, they have, like, the whole, like, week leading up to it where, like, the players go and they play, like, scrimmages and, like, all the clubs get to, like, watch them and, and like, observe them, which I really like that. I am kind of in favor of, like, doing away with the draft personally, but... With the way the league's going, I think it's important to make sure that, like, we still get these, like, players from college put into the league. So, if I were to restructure it, I would say do away with the draft, but every team is, like, required to pick up, like, a certain amount of college players each year. Because then it would kind of open up, like, a free market where, like, the top players from college, there would be, like, a bidding war from, like, all the clubs in the league trying to, like, land them on a contract. So... I think that would be kind of an interesting way with the way the league's developing rather than just like this kind of random, you know, you wait till your spot comes up and you get a pick. It'd be more interesting to watch teams like battle it out for great players. I I I would be in more in favor of that, I think, too. I think that's a good idea. My only downside, I would say, was I think if it was left more up to like players deciding which team to sign with or something like that, you might see some of these LAFCs or Atlanta's kind of more taking over and like getting the cream of the crop. But I guess that just depended on the owners, you know, being willing to, I mean, you could see that, but you could also see like, um, people from like their home state, like wanting to go like play for their team or, um, you could see a team like Colorado or, you know, like, a, like, I just, a, I just knew that was going to come up. I was thinking of them the whole time in my head. You could see like a team of that caliber really wanting to like go in heavy for these guys and like showing them that, or like a Philadelphia, like a place that gives like youth, like players a chance because then, you know, like if I'm like 21 coming out of college and I want to start my career somewhere, I'm not going to go to LAFC where they're going to buy freaking Antoine Griezmann or you know like whatever new winger that's about to retire um you know it's just gonna come from Europe and take my spot so yeah I think I think that's that's a fair point shout out to Orlando City though taking just being elite at drafting strikers from the draft if you're new to the league they drafted Kyle Laren their first season who was pretty good in MLS moved abroad uh, to Turkey, and now he's chopping it up in La Liga. Then, went, right when he left, they signed Daryl DK from the draft, who went and toured it up in the championship, and now he's at West Brom. And now they got this new guy, uh, Duncan McGuire. They just are making money on strikers, dude. <laughs> they aren't looking at them as like a long-term solution. This is just like short-term investment for them. Which is funny, because... Orlando, that's a big market, you know, that's a desirable place to live, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of European, a lot of players like to go on holidays there. How about this? 
You know who's joining Miami. Why don't we get Ronaldo up in Orlando and we have the, the Florida El Clasico to close out the careers the of... The Bayou Derby, dude. <laughs> Picture a Florida rivalry in MLS of Ronaldo versus Messi. Pink versus purple. You already know the people who call MLS a Mickey Mouse League would, <laughs> would be having way too much fun of that. Oh, I would love and hate that at the same time. Wouldn't you just love just Duncan McGuire and CR7 just jostling in the box on a corner kick and one of them bangs in a goal? I would hate just all the like fan like Ronaldo fanboys that would be like watching this league because it's already <laughs> like, dude, I see some of the edits that they make where they're still trying to claim that Ronaldo's better than Messi, and it's just like so sad. It's just it's so cr- like cringy almost. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? Speaking of Ronaldo, his rumored club. <laughs> That's a good segue. We were getting way off topic there. <laughs> Me and Chase don't really have much time to cook on here as, as we used to have, so we just get into the weeds of our soccer talk. <laughs> but uh, Sporting Kansas City, the team Ronaldo was rumored to sign with in the offseason, um, hosted LAFC. LAFC comes away with a 2-1 win. This was a nuts game. Did you watch it? No, I saw some of the highlights from it, but I didn't get a chance to sit down and watch the whole game. So I saw that Alan Polito penalty, baby. Polito had a penalty, and SKC looked really good. They looked in control, and the commentators were saying it was like classic SKC. Like they were just playing really nice football and giving goes, and they were just like easily getting by LAFC's defense, leaving them for dust. Um, and then Maldonado for LAFC gets a gets a goal to tie it in the 48th, and there was a goal that was called offsides for LAFC, and then Kansas City thought they had a penalty shout, and it kind of was one one till the end where Carlos Vela gets a long ball from Aaron Long, where looked, looked like he was clearly offsides, right? He looked he was clearly offsides, but then if you look on the bottom of the screen. Kyrie Shelton kept him on because he was just walking back on defense and he was just out of the picture, but he was clearly keeping him on. So he just gave away a goal because the back line had a, you know, they had their lines known and he would have been clearly off. But so LAFC scores and then Kansas City go on the attack and a ball gets whipped in and Roger Espinosa scores a clean header to tie up the game. VAR pulls it back and Kyrie Shelton fouled an LAFC player on the buildup. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a just, man, I feel bad for the guy, especially as a former Oregon State Beaver. Everybody on SKC Twitter was just posting how that guy, it was just like, anytime you see on NBA Twitter, it was just like, that guy should be in China. And oh, man, that that hurts for for Kyrie Shelton, but you got to do better. I mean, just walking back and like allowing that to happen, you know, allowing you, your team to think that they've stepped and then just have like a clear, obvious chance on your goal. That's just unforgivable. Like, you know, unforgivable, but you can't really blame him for a foul in the buildup because I feel like all the, every player tries to get away with small little advantages like that. Yeah, very. So yeah, LAFC wins two one on the road at Kansas City. 
very rarely will I feel like you can legitimately say like one player lost you a game. And usually it's just like kind of blaming one person as the scapegoat, but it's a whole team effort. This is one of those few times I can say like Shelton kind of blew it. And I can say that as a Timbers fan who's seen the same thing with Mabiala, who's just <laughs> a lot blown us points at the end of a game. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy possession stats for this game. Like you said, like I think it was 64% possession for Sporting KC, 16 shots, 7 on targets. So absolutely just dominant performance, and then you decide to sub Kyrie Shelton in the game and just <laughs> throw it all away. Yeah, that was the thing, too, is he he checked in. And so, I don't know. What do you, what do you do with the guy? <laughs> I don't know. I was just looking up pictures of Kyrie Shelton. I didn't know this, <laughs> but I just got sucked in by this headline. It said Kyrie Shelton announced as contestant on The Bachelorette. For when? <laughs> I don't know. It won't load. But I want to. I'm gonna wait for this to load. I'll come back to this at the end of the uh, episode. Um, moving on. We've got. <laughs> The most exciting game of the weekend, Portland Timbers hosting, no, San Jose hosting, sorry. San Jose Earthquakes hosting the Portland Timbers. Nil-nil draw. This was such a just terrible game to watch. It was so boring, dude. Like, Good on the Timbers for getting another clean sheet. Also, big ups David Bingham getting his 50th career clean sheet. You think he's the 21st goalkeeper in the league to do that? So, good on him. Honestly, um, yeah. Let's. I want to focus on good old DB David Bingham because do you that, hear the booze every yeah. time he got the ball? And I was doing some research on that because I couldn't figure out, you know, oh uh, all the drama because he left them for LA Galaxy, correct? So he was traded, actually, I believe. But what happened is he was playing for the Galaxy. He came back there. And mm-hmm. I think his team was up 2-0 or something. And Chris Wondolowski had a penalty. He saved it, but then the rebound like got scored in after the fact. And I think in the post game, somebody was like asking him like about Wondolowski's penalty, and he just made some comment like, "Doesn't matter. Like we beat them. Their season's over." Because it was like a late <laughs> like result or something, um, which you know whatever. Kind of a soft reason to boo a guy for ninety minutes, but respect to him, man. He's a Timbers are oddly good at like finding these undervalued <laughs> keepers in the league that are just end up being pretty like good for them. Literally, exactly what happened with uh, you know, Jeff Attenella too. Yeah, was and Steve Clark. Yeah, and I feel like you know any of the like. A lot of times I feel like what happens with keepers is, you know, you have a veteran goalkeeper, maybe he gets injured or suspended or he's out for international duty and then like the younger guy gets a chance and then retains the spot. And I don't know. This, that's I feel like how we got Clark was there were just better options because he was in Columbus for a while and then offloaded for Zach Steffen actually when they got him from the Bundesliga. Look how that went for them. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like Ivicic is a one of the most underrated goalies in the in the league. And in terms of backups, David Bingham, you can you can do a lot worse. I 
I feel like the gap between Ivasic and Bingham is like really small, if not like zero. I, I think they're pretty close. I like David Bingham a lot, and Ivasic is outstanding. I think he just lacks leadership. Chase always tells me if we're watching a Timbers game together, Ivasic will pull out the most mind-boggling save you'll see in a game that week, and he'll just he'll get up from the ground and just have no reaction at all on his face. No emotion, <laughs> won't say anything to his defenders. You know, usually like late in a game, if you're leading and like you make a save, like keepers will like leave the ball and they'll go and like yell at their defenders and like pretend that they're more mad than they are to like waste time. Not Ivasic. Man just like turns around, walks calmly over, gets the ball, walks back, sets it down, <laughs> and then just like takes the goal kick. My my moment slash moments of the match was in this game, San Jose versus Portland. <laughs> the game that we were originally talking about. <laughs> How about those goalpost microphones? <laughs> I, we were talking about this before, but the bar got struck, I think, three times, and... Every single time the bar was hit, especially that Obobacy one where he smashed it, it sounded like a just a gunshot in our in my apartment. Well, also the fact that that Obobacy one it goes off the post. Whoever their pyrotechnic guy is just lights <laughs> off the flares, like the the smoke cannons behind the goal. The fans are going crazy because usually that means there's a goal, and then meanwhile the ball's like going back the other way. <laughs> I saw that happen in Seattle one time too. It was. Because Seattle does the flamethrowers, and somebody scored and immediately was called for offsides. But the flamethrowers were still. We were talking about this during the game, but our buddy Joe, um, he was saying, he's like, dude, imagine that happens in Atlanta. You just start hearing the train horn going off, like just goes off the post, like the little flamethrowers and the train horn go off, and then meanwhile your team's getting counterattacked and the ball's going the other way. You know, I will say, at least for goal celebrations, Timber Joey's got a lot of time to rev up that chainsaw <laughs> and actually see on the replay and make sure the ball went in. Imagine he's just already, as soon as as soon as the goal goes in, he's just finishing up the log. Just already has it, like, falling off. <laughs> That'd be great. Last game on the helm, Nashville hosted St. Louis. Uh, Nashville won 3-1. to one. Another prediction game for us. We both opted for a Nashville win. Both were wrong about the result. Chase said 2-0. I said 3-0. They won 3-1. Hani Mukhtar, dude. This guy is out of this world. Absolutely nuts. I don't get how he's... I feel like he's going to stay in the league until he retires, but it's kind of crazy. I was seeing... So, some Nashville fans were saying how much they love the... Like, I think he just got married recently, and the girl he married is from Nashville, and they got married at the stadium, actually. So that man is like a hero there. I Yeah, I doubt he'll ever leave. He'll just be tormenting these random MLS defenders for a long time. What a player, though. Dude's definitely going to go down as an all-time MLS great. Like, I don't know if he'll be like top five MLS players, but definitely somewhere in that top 10 argument you know up there i would say kind of similar to like a diego valeri or even like a carlos vela like that kind of level of player yeah i think i mean if he keeps this up he'll definitely be mvp again back to back which has only happened once in the history of the league and that was a long time ago hasn't really happened in modern mls so the only thing holding him back 
from like really elevating his status as like a truly one of the true greats in MLS is he's got to win a trophy. Man's about to pull the Harry Kane of MLS and just <laughs> be like one of the greatest goal scorers, MVPs, and then just never win a trophy. And I don't know. I mean, seems like Nashville is like one move away from being real title contenders. You know, if they if they get like a solid striker in there and they don't have to rely on Teal Bunbury or CJ Sapong <laughs> to and try and score some goals. And they have they have the DP slot now because back they bought out um loba yeah so i mean all signs would seem to logically point to them using that on a dp striker right i mean i I don't really i would think so because this isn't like a team built for the future they're kind of built for now so i mean dax mccarty's not getting any younger um i mean their back line isn't necessary they don't necessarily have like a young team like their shack moore isn't really like a signing for the future they don't have like a lot of youth so they kind of need to like bring in a striker that will start hitting right now. And have you seen who they're actually linked with? Nope. Um, why can't I think of his name right now? Guy that left New England, went to Europe, has been there for like six months. Adam Buxa. Adam Buxa, yeah. Really? They're linked with him, which would be a pretty like outstanding signing for them. Give me one. Give me one big name for maybe any European listeners that from like a top five league from a top five league a striker somebody somebody you could see maybe going across romalu lukaku (laughs) that guy screams la la team signing for me yeah i don't know i'm trying to think of like a a big striker from europe romalu lukaku chopping it up in music city downtown nashville Hey, man's never been to Broadway. Once he hits Broadway Street, he'll fall in love. I I can't think of a striker off the top of my head in like a top five league that I think would go there. You know, actually, not necessarily a striker, but a guy I could see playing for them. Jesse Lingard. Really? See, he's another guy I only see somewhere where there's palm palm trees. I don't know. I could see him in Nashville or maybe even like a like a Memphis Depay. I could see that guy coming to MLS in like a year or two. I'm going to, I don't know. How about Mbappe? <laughs> All right. If they get Mbappe, there's no chance they're ever going to win a trophy. Daniel Sturridge? Ugh. Without a club? Gross. What a terrible, <laughs> What a terrible signing that would be for them. I would hate that. I would rather them just get Stern John out of retirement and How about, get him in there. Oh, man. Who is Danny Ings? Bring Danny me Ings. Danny Ings to Nashville, Music City. That would be a pretty solid signing, actually. I'd, I'll give you that because Danny Ings is getting up there, but I don't I don't see him coming come to MLS. I think he's too much of a little British boy. If he did... He seems like a Colorado Rapids guy to me. <laughs> Chopping it up with Jack Price. That's so sad. <laughs> Why is it sad? What's wrong with Colorado? Oh, man. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with Colorado, but I don't think it's... Imagine, like, Danny Ings' mom just, like, loves, like, celebrating holidays with him. It's like, he's going to get finally his big move abroad, and he goes and lives in colorado it's like you don't even know the place that he's moving to you've never even heard of it most likely yeah we can't talk too much as oregonians if 
anybody even knows where that's at on a map other than that's Americans. True. That's true. Hey, you know, I went there once for the MLS All-Star game we were talking about. Lovely place, actually. Denver, I'm Colorado. sure it's beautiful, but I don't think many people in England think about coming to the U.S. to visit Colorado. Let alone, I mean, Oregon as well. Nobody thinks about that. Although, if they're outdoorsy people, they might. Moving on. So that's As this... we get into the weeds yet again. <laughs> That's this week in MLS. Shorter week, obviously, as we alluded to. But as it is Father's Day, we want to do... Well, by the time you're listening to it, it's not. But Father's Day has just occurred. I wanted to test Chase's knowledge and ask him how many father-son duos he can name who have played in MLS. And I won't say you have to name both. Because that would be very hard. But at least tell me the son, and then, for example, the easy one is Jesus Ferreira, and his dad was David Ferreira. Um, But if you would have just said Jesus Ferreira and his dad, I'll give you that. How many duos are there So that you have found, at least? Because I don't know. I Off the top of my head, the only one I can think of right now, Owen Wolf and his dad. Yep. And are we talking current players or just at any point in MLS history? At any point. Ooh. How many How many do you have on your list there? So, in terms of ones that have, where it's been the father-son duo who scored, where both the father and the son have scored, there is, I believe, 10. Oh, my gosh. That is way more than I expected. Um, I'll say if you name three, that's a that's a win. One of them, Timbers player. Okay, I know Owen Wolf for sure, and Josh Wolf. Yep. Um, Bonus. Who's the third Wolf? Oh, it's his other brother that just started playing. Um, I can't think of his name. Tyler Wolf. Tyler Wolf. Timbers. I know it's not right because I think they're just brothers, but Bright DK and Daryl DK. You're correct. Those are brothers, oh, not man. father son. Father son. So a son that played. A lot of DK <laughs> mentioning this week. This is tough, man. I actually. You want me- it, this is tough because it kind of t- it like harkens back more so to like 90s, like MLS or so- like early 2000s. I'll tell you now of the scoring duos that one, two, three, four, five currently play in the league. Current You already got Josh and Owen Wolf. Okay. Jesus Ferreira was one. Okay. Current players in the league. One of them we've actually mentioned today already. Ooh. Oh, man. I don't know, because I think it's just going to be some random dude that came through the draft, I'm guessing. I think he did come from the draft, but he stuck around for a decent amount of years, actually. He's a he's a player you'll know. For some reason, I wanted to say Michael Bradley, but his dad, I think, just coached. He didn't yeah. play. Um, I'm thinking guys who... May have 
I'm I'm stumped. I am stumped. I may need another hint. <laughs> so I'll I'll help you with the Timbers one. He played in 2013, that famous year for the Timbers. Okay. His only goal was at Vancouver Whitecaps. He's Colombian. Colombian from 2013. That's only scored one goal. Um, give me, it's not. Oh my gosh! I like it's like oh is it um no? Do you want his nickname? Why would his dad have ever played in the league? His his nickname was. Oh, actually, he scored seven goals for the Timbers. His first goal was against was Vancouver. Against Vancouver. What was his nickname? El Trencito. <laughs> Little Train, I believe. Oh, my goodness. This is going to kill me. I can't think of a random Colombian dude that played for us in 2013 that probably got traded to some other team. <laughs> he actually went uh, to Colombia after. Do you give up on that one? Give me... Ah, uh, yeah, I give up. Jose... Adolfo Valencia. Oh my gosh. Remember that guy? Barely, yeah. That guy was like a big nothing player for us. I remember he really spiced it up in our friendly versus Aston Villa in like twenty twelve. <laughs> what the heck? That is so his dad played in MLS as well? Yep. And scored. His dad also played for Bayern Munich, actually. Wow. Um but yeah. When did his dad play in the league? His dad was it was in the earlier days. It was, let me see here, played for the New Jersey Metro Stars. 21 goals and 48 appearances. Was that Big Stern? <laughs> was not. How about another one? Here, I'll, I'll tell you the team they play for, All okay? Right, yeah, give me give me some hints because I'm, I'm drawing some blanks right now. Currently, defender for Philadelphia Union. Ooh. Currently, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's not a starter. I want to say. I want to say. No, it's not him because there's no way his dad played in the league. <laughs> Dude, this is tough. This is really hard. He played for Inter Miami last year. Plays for the Jamaica national team. Give me, oh my gosh. I know who you're talking about, um, but I can't think of his name. Why can't I think of his name? Center back. I know. It's, I know it's a center back. He just, I literally just watched a highlight of him like banging a header like this past week. Um, I can't think of his name. It's going to freaking kill me. Um. Oh, I can't I can't think of his name. <laughs> Damien Lowe. Yes. I knew it was like a short name, but I couldn't think of it. So his dad played in the league as well? His dad played as well. Onandi Lowe. <laughs> Next. Onandi Lowe. I like that name. His, so, this one, his, he used to play for, the son, used to play for DC United. Was a homegrown player, but went to Europe. 
homegrown player at DC that left for Europe in the last five years? Oh my gosh, um, Kevin Paredes. No, but smart guess. He left DC United in 2018 for the Scottish Premier League. Dundee United. Ugh. Why? <laughs> <laughs> left in 2018, so that was like pre um that was like pre Rooney back when like Lucho Acosta was there, I believe, right? Uh, he was there for a little bit of Rooney, Rooney time. So it was like right before Rooney. Um, what position? Give me a position here. Uh, center midfielder. <laughs> that didn't help me at all. <laughs> <laughs> His dad also played for DC United. Played for the U.S. national team. Ninety caps. Oh. So his dad. Is a big time player for the U.S. national team. I suck at this, dude. I can't think of a single person. Ian Harks, father was John Harks. Who, who the heck is who the heck is either of those people? John Harks was captain of the U.S. national team, and then right before the World Cup in '98, was left off of the squad, even though he was captain. And the coach said it was leadership issues, and he was extremely bitter about it and wrote terrible things about his coach in, like, a book. And back in the 90s, before Twitter, before Reddit, this was a big deal. Um, so there's some old USMNT history for you, too. Last one, I'll, no, we got two more. All right. So this one, his son. Bounced around MLS. He's played for New England Revolution and Sporting Kansas City in his past. I won't say his current team, though. New England Revolution and Sporting Kansas City. But he's bounced around to a lot of different teams. A few. Is it Adrian Heath's son? <laughs> no. I know that guy's played <laughs> literally every club in the league. Um, hmm, that's a tough connection. I feel like there's not very many players that have like played for both those clubs. It's not a common um, common pathway that players take. He's now in the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. What's a what's a position? Give me the position. Winger. Winger. Slash striker. Did he go from New England to KC or was it vice versa? SKC to New England Revolution to the club he's at now. SKC, winger. um, And he's still playing. So I'm trying to think of a guy that played like winger for SKC, like 2015-2016 time period, I'm guessing. He was at SKC earlier. He, at that point, he was probably playing for the Revs. Hmm. Hmm. Back when the Revs were terrible. I'll give you a teammate from each stop. All right. SKC, he was teammates with um, 
Graham Zusi, which doesn't help you much. <laughs> That's just like all of SKC's <laughs> history. I didn't want to give you an obvious one that you would um, make a connection with. At New England, Lee Wynn. <laughs> oh, man. Now, Fafa Pico. Oh, so he's a Nashville boy, huh? Ooh, so a Nashville winger. Jacob Schaffelberg? <laughs> no. Striker slash winger. He plays both. I don't know what his actual preferred position is, but I see him for for Nashville as a winger. I can't even think. It's going to kill you. It's going to absolutely kill you. Uh, who is like a random winger that they have? <laughs> I can't think, dude. This is killing me. Teal Bunbury. No way. That guy plays... Does he oh, play? yeah, he did. I know. Okay, so I didn't know he played at uh, SKC. That's crazy. I I just remember him playing at uh, New England for the longest time. Yeah, he's, I think he started at SKC when he came out of the draft. Oh, my gosh. I remember. That guy's been around forever. Do you remember? This is a shout right here. Do you remember when Kai Kamara played for SKC and he scored a goal and, like, he threw on, like, a leprechaun hat and he started to do, like, an Irish jig because oh, it was St. Yeah. Patrick's Day? CJ Sapong was, I think, a part of that. Or Teal Bunbury. Yeah, Teal Bunbury. <laughs> <laughs> CJ Sapong was going to be one of my hint players, but. That's, um, that's crazy. That guy has been around forever. So his dad played in the league as well then. Yep, his dad played in the league. Alex Bunbury scored in the league as well. Gosh, these are the most obscure <laughs> players, dude. <laughs> Last, there are some ones I have no idea about, but I wanted to give you. The, Somewhat the easier ones. <laughs> um, this one I'm gonna give you the father because he's got some interesting stuff about him. Oh. Um, <clears throat> he actually held the MLS goal scoring, like single season goal scoring record, uh, until 2012 when Wondolowski tied it. Um, and then I believe BWP Bradley Wright Phillips tied it as well in 2014. I think. Mm-hmm. Until Yosef Martinez broke it in 2018. So it was 27 goals. He was top scorer for... This was 1996. So he was top goal scorer for 16 years. Wow. And then he was joint top goal scorer um, until 2018. Also, he played for the U.S. national team, apparently, um, 34 times, scored four goals. Um so when this was before the US had a lot of, you know, media for the US national team. They had some. It wasn't non-existent, but in 1995 this player was playing for the national team, scored a goal for the US against Benfica, the Portuguese club in a friendly match, which I don't know why that was even a thing. And the police recognized him from this game, from the article that was posted about this game, and he was connected to a burglary that happened three years prior prior to this, and he went to jail for 30 days for this. <laughs> so this guy, this guy obviously wasn't getting paid enough back in the early <laughs> days of MLS. Man had to go do some 
So this Some is burglaring. So the burglary was in 1992, which was before the league started. He was at this point playing for a Costa Rican football club that I've never heard of. Give me Jason Kreis. <laughs> Jason Kreis robbing people. <laughs> uh, incorrect. Dang it. I'll give you another hint. He was just a part of a trade for a team, and he just scored for his new team within the last two months. The Sun, I'm guessing. The, the sun. sun, yep. Just a – is it Bryce Duke? <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of – because the, the all-time, like, goal – or the single-season goal-scoring record is kind of the easier thing to think of, like, to go down that list. Because I was literally looking at that before we started this. But it's so – it's been broken so many times that it's just, like, shoved all those, like, old guys, like, way down the list. Yeah, the more recent players have, yeah, buried it. But this guy had it for 16 years. Because I know – I think I saw it like Jason Christ was up there, but now it's just all like Hani Mukhtar, Carlos Vela. Like, oh man, I'm trying to think other random American dudes that popped off in the league. Alexi Lawless. No, his, he doesn't have a kid. I don't think. Hmm. I don't know, man. I may need to cheat on this one. He plays for the Costa Rica national team. Oh, I thought you said he played for the U.S. national team. The So the father did. The son plays for Costa Rica, though. Oh. Also, side note, I just realized like yesterday that Zarek Valentin plays for the uh, Puerto Rico national team. Really? Huh. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, I didn't know that. Son plays for the Costa Rica national team currently. Was a homegrown for the LA Galaxy. Oh, man. Played at Houston Dynamo. What position does the son play? Striker. Striker. Played at Houston. I have no clue, dude. This is this is hard. Can I give you one lesson? Give me one more hint. He was involved with that trade with Bryce Duke and his teammates with him. They both moved together. From Miami, who was that other Montreal? guy that nobody cared about in that in that trade? The one that nobody cared about at all. He just scored, scored one goal. Oh no! I think it was in the Canadian Championship, but oh no, it's gonna kill me. I don't know. I can't remember his name. It was Ariel Lassiter, his father, no. Roy <laughs> Lassiter. I thought of that. I thought Ariel Lassiter, but I was like, that guy's just been at like Montreal for some reason I thought he's just been there for a while because I the name like stuck out to me but I was like that doesn't sound right that's just a weird silly name oh my god that has been Father's Day MLS trivia that was horrible I did not (laughs) I did not perform well at all I need to give you some MLS trivia that you won't be able to get one of these days I stumped you. I stumped you before the podcast with one MLS player that you have not heard of. My man, if anybody knows Stern John, former <laughs> Columbus Crew player, former Columbus Crew center mid, who once scored twenty six goals in a single season. Yeah, that's ridiculous. We gotta we gotta do a deep dive on some of these classic MLS banger players that maybe newer fans haven't heard of. 
Amen. Maybe, maybe we get Dwayne DeRosario and let's end just, up. Let's just do a deep dive into the Tampa Bay Mutiny back when they were in the league and they had some guys <laughs> that were just popping off. I that's that's who Roy Lassiter set the the record with actually. I love everything about the Tampa Bay Mutiny. They had um oh man I, I'm spacing his name but the guy with the crazy hair like Valderrama. The, yeah, and they their logo is a mutant bat. <laughs> it's a it's like a shield that's like this weird neon blue, and they have a bat with like blue eyes in the background, and it's it's yeah. literally supposed to be a mutant bat. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, that Carlos Valderrama still holds the single season assist record with twenty six. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, that guy was nuts. So, shall we move to predictions? We shall. Let's let's dive into that. We got three games this weekend. We're electing for some different teams. Spreading the love out there. One of these is an absolute sleeper of a matchup. That <laughs> the first one. <laughs> Not the first one, the last one. New York Red Bulls hosting Atlanta United. What you got, Chase? I'm going an Atlanta 2-1 win. Giacomakis, I think, is going to pop off in this game. I don't know if Almada is back playing with them yet. I haven't really taken a look, but I think Giacomakis is going to be enough to just terrorize this back line. That's a good shot. I'm going to go Atlanta 1-0. I th- yeah, I can see a Giacomakis just... <clears throat> Scrappy goal. Next, DC United hosting Cincinnati. And the storyline, Lucho Acosta comes back to Audi Field. I'm going 3-0 Cincinnati. Lucho Acosta is going to lead these guys. They just have been recently linked with uh, a striker. I don't know if the, the deal's been done but like a replacement for Brenner. And it's supposed to be a guy that's like a golden boot winner in like Turkey or something like that, or has been in the past. Um, I, I they, they did get him through, actually. Is that the guy who's like teammates with uh, Dennis Bowanga, right? Yeah, so he plays in the Gabonese national team, the, the country I just came back from, actually. And yeah, I think he was in Turkey. Most recently, he's coming from... I want to say it might. I don't think it's the Saudi league, but it's one of the Middle Eastern. So he went from Turkey, I believe, then to the Middle East, um, and had a pretty lights out year there too. Um, yeah, interesting to see. They paid a lot of money for this guy, so interesting to see how that pans out. I'm going two one Cincinnati. I think Cincy wins, but DC games at Audi Field are always chaos for some reason. So very true, very true. Last game we got here. Colorado versus LA Galaxy. Match of the week. Kevin Cabral revenge tour game right here. Yeah, I don't see it happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I, I don't really have much high hope for the Galaxy either, but I can see, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to change. I had LA Galaxy winning, but Jovalich is actually out on international duty right now. I'm going to say a nil-nil draw. Uh, a, a result that is equally as exciting as this matchup this year, honestly. That's a fair statement. I'm going with something a little bit more exciting. Colorado winning 2-0. I think Kevin Cabral is going to pop up for this game because <laughs> he seems to only be able to play well <laughs> when he plays against the Galaxy now. Um, I'm sensing some LA Galaxy red cards this game. Did you see? <laughs> Did you see also? So when they played, 
last time they played each other, Colorado and the Galaxy. If you don't know, Kevin Cabral is this winger the Galaxy signed like two years ago from the second tier in France. And good prospect, but he just didn't pan out at all. He would get in these great spots and just have these absolute howlers. And they finally let him go. They paid a lot of money for him. And first game against LA Galaxy in LA, he scores and just points to the name on the back of his jersey. It was a tap-in, too. But the funny thing was the second team usually plays in, like, the fixture. So Colorado 2 was visiting LA Galaxy 2. And Colorado 2 won, like, 6-0 or something away from him. It was, like, a ridiculous game. And... um. His brother actually plays on the second team too, um, Kevin Cabral's oh, wow. brother, and he scored, and he scored to make it like five zero, and Kevin Cabral posted just him watching it on the TV, and just like it was the score of that, and just Colorado celebrating because they just scored, and it was five nil on the screen, and he just posted a bunch of like sideways crying laughing emojis, <laughs> just no words or anything, so it was a pretty oh, good no context. It. MLS clip right there. You'll love to see it. You know, just a little bit of pettiness goes a long way in this league. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Just sometimes the stories just write themselves, but that's going to do it. Wrapping up a late one here. It's almost almost 11 o'clock. It's a, it a late session for the boys tonight. I am way past my bedtime. I've got a sore throat that is killing me, so I'm going to take a cough drop and watch like six movies tonight because they don't work tomorrow lucky dog i do but that is gonna be it from us uh please email us as we still don't have a social media <laughs> up yet uh but yeah you got anything else you need to say for the the gents out there Messi coming to mls but it's still a haney mukhtar's league <laughs> respect i you think Messi will steal the MVP from Mukhtar this season? I think if many, if Messi puts up any simple stat line like ten goals and eight assists, because he'll probably sit out a bunch of games, I'm assuming. I think they're just going to give him MVP if he does anything remotely successful with Miami. I agree, but we'll get into that another day. That's been it from us. Thank you guys for listening. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.